just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 73 of the Devi Happy Hour. Today is Friday, June 4th, and my name is Skip Newton coming to you from a hot Egan, Minnesota. It's in the 90s. It's crazy weather, like always in this wonderful state. But enough about the weather, because we got to get to my co-host. He's also a hot guy coming from North Carolina. Matthew Jackson, how you doing, Obi-Wan? I was doing really good until you just called me hot on the podcast. And now, I don't know, my day just got a little better. Skip Newton thinks that I am a warm individual. Like I, <laughs> that's that's a, that's a great feeling, man. I appreciate it. Doing your, good. Your glad, takes glad are hot. Your here. your Devi knowledge is hot. It's all hot, man. It's all good times. It's the it's the beard, isn't it? It's my beard. <laughs> Looking very 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 sensual. Very nice. I like it. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Though I I, I just got informed today uh, by my wife that we are less than a hundred days away from our baby's due date. So that's exciting and terrifying. <laughs> I thought I, just, I needed to share that with somebody. <laughs> no, that that is awesome. And it, it kind of actually relates to something that, that I wanted to bring up before we get into our Devi talk. And, you know, I said today's June 4th. Tomorrow, Saturday the 5th, my daughter, my oldest kid, is graduating from high school. And so at 221, we will all be at the outdoor stadium, and all the kids will be down on the turf in a day when it's going to be closer to 100 degrees than 90. And she will be in a ceremony graduating from high school. And it made me think about you, knowing that you and your lovely wife are having a kid and all those other parents out there of younger kids. And I thought, man, my advice to all of you is just enjoy all of it for as long as you can because I'm here to tell you, the time goes fast. It, it it's it's ridiculous. I can't believe my kids graduated from high school. It, it's insane. That's that's crazy. Yeah, and that, that's I'll take on all the advice I can get at this point. I mean, first time first time father and everything. You know, you you figure it out, but you know you you want to be perfect, and I know you're not going to be perfect. But we're excited. My wife's excited. Um, I didn't know that it got up to a hundred degrees in Minnesota. I just like I I had it in the back of my mind that it was always consistently like fifty degrees. That is what was the high in Minnesota. Um, that that sounds like it's false information. I don't know where I got that from, but I just, I, I didn't know that Minnesota got hot. I just figured you guys were all just bobsledding somewhere some in Minnesota. The, the, the only thing consistent about the weather in Minnesota is that it's inconsistent. I mean, we will go from you know hot and humid. You know, it could be almost a hundred degrees on Sunday, and it it is possible for a front to come in and all of a sudden we're down in the lower sixties 
like within 24 hours later. It, it is really crazy. You know, we just kind of get used to it and go with the flow. It, it keeps us on our toes. We're a very aware bunch. Of course, it's also the literally the biggest topic of conversation between people that live up in this region. It's like the first thing is like, oh, nice weather, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, <laughs> enough about us. Uh, let's get to Got some a lot news. Of Canadians up there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, and then sometimes the people from the east, you know, on the other side of the border, those Packer fans invade us and we don't like that so much. But just kidding. Packer fans can be a lot of fun to hang out with. So uh, some news, football news here, getting to the college world. Tight end Eric Gilbert has finally chosen a place. He is going to the University of Georgia. So a little bit of a surprise, given that it's not like Georgia's kicking out these awesome, you know, tight ends that are going to be great on our on our dynasty rosters but even more interesting is there are reports that he will be switching to wide receiver which man I'm having a tough time finding value in that whatsoever because he's he's awfully big for a wide receiver what what do you think about that news it was a little surprising when I first saw it I mean my initial thought was, I mean, he's a big guy, so any cornerback that lines up across from him, I mean, he's just going to body every single play. Um, interesting landing spot because, I mean, tight ends, they're not p- kicking out tight ends. They're not kicking out many wide receivers either. So, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting landing spot for sure. Um, we, talk, we talk about, you know, who's that next quarterback after, you know, Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler and Possibly another guy that we'll talk about here later. I'm still blown away about that. <laughs> um, but we, we talk about who's going to be that third quarterback. And, you know, it's looking all signs of horny. It might be JT Daniels. I mean, he's got the weapons. He's obviously got that running game. So, I mean, is is JT Daniels' stock increasing because of this? And is he the next guy to own in a, in a weaker quarterback class compared to the last few years? Um, on top of that, I think it's it's pretty safe to say that if, if Eric Gilbert is switching to wide receiver – then there's something that Georgia sees out of their former five-star athlete, Darnell Washington, that makes me really intrigued. This is true. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. And the one thing I was thinking about there while you were talking is this might be a really shrewd decision by Gilbert. If he can you know, get into that wide receiver room and get coached like a wide receiver, maybe he really develops – that you know all, all the aspects and traits that we want out of out of top wide receivers, knowing full well that he's never actually going to play wide receiver in the NFL. You know, maybe he does it for just one year, and you know gets better at route running, learns all the concepts, and then says, "Okay, I'm going to go back to tight end." You know, so he because he has to learn that position because there's a lot to learn there, and maybe it'll make him a, a, a more well-rounded athlete. I don't know. It's I'm, I'm looking for the you know, the, the positive spin and the silver lining in that one. So well, see, see what makes me nervous about that though. I mean, when you look at tight end, I mean, that's a three year developmental position as it is already. And he was the highest rated tight end recruit we've seen since Greg Olson. So, I mean, he was, he's got the rating, he's got the production profile and just the athletic profile to be one of the top tight ends. But that's one of the hardest positions to learn. Cause not only are you learning how to catch and run routes, you have to learn how to block. You got to learn two jobs as most people are transitioning to the college game, learning one job. So and that doesn't get any easier at the NFL level. So that, that makes me really worried when you're talking about how long is it going to take before he actually produces versus what you had to pay to get him last year. I mean, he was going in the top half of the first round in every single draft that I was in. 
Yeah. So, so clearly my glass is, is half full while yours is half empty, but I think your points are very valid. In fact, probably, probably the safer, the safer mindset to get in when it comes to, to Eric Gilbert and that this is not necessarily a good thing. Another prospect that we've been wondering about a highly recruited, highly touted prospect, Damon Dimas, wide receiver news are news reports are saying that he's having an outstanding spring. Matt, tell us about Dimas. So every report you read coming out of Texas A&M right now is um, Coach Jimbo Fisher and the entire A&M coaching staff praising the, the, the skills of DeMond Demas. I mean, he had probably one of the weirdest um, seasons and offseason that we've seen out of any of the any of the incoming freshmen that we talked about last year. I mean, he was uh, he, he came into college already sitting out his senior season. He didn't play an entire senior season. So he was, he was had that learning curve that he had to overcome and he didn't get any playing time um, at all in his freshman season. So we, we, we were sitting here waiting and, you know, I tweeted every single week, you know, where's, where's DeMond Demas free DeMond Demas. Cause you know, with, with that kind of talent level, he has the athletic traits to be a stud, but you just, you had to have everything else come together. And unfortunately it did not his freshman season. Well, fast forward to the offseason, he gets arrested for a marijuana possession and gets suspended from the team. And it, it all signs point to, okay, you you have to be out on this kid. I mean, he's not getting the playing time. He's suspended from the team. He's not learning the concepts now because he's not with team doing team activities. Well, fast forward to now a few weeks ago and reports are breaking that, I mean, the coaches are raving about this kid. He's having a phenomenal pre- spring practice, one of the, one of the best spring practices um, out of any receiver on that team. The coaches love him. Um, he's slated in to start as the third wide receiver on that team. So he's somebody that could could rise up like a phoenix from the ashes um, if things play out right. And, I mean, that's that's the kind of situation we're dealing with because if you had told me, you know, a few weeks ago that DeMond Demas was, was rising from the ashes, I wouldn't have believed you with all the stuff that was going on. So perhaps a good trade target there. You you know, the, the owners might be feeling – a little bit down uh, on Demas and they just want to recover some value and they might be willing to, to part ways with them. So maybe you can get Demas now for, for fairly cheap for someone that's ready to, to give up and move on. And then the third thing, not as big of a news because I don't know how huge of a Debbie prospect he is, but LSU running back Trey Bat Bradford has entered the transfer portal. And I think this is more newsworthy, not because of Trey Bradford, but because it's one less person to take touches at LSU in what is already a fairly crowded backfield. And I, I expect that backfield to be productive. So we definitely want to be keeping an eye on what happens in LSU with who's running the ball and who's looking to be that next really good running back because they've got, they've got a few very talented options there. It, Terry and Davis price, man, it's wheels up season on Terry and Davis price for me. I mean, I'm buying all the shares of him. I can cause I think he's going to have an explosive season this year. And like you said, that's one less running back in a very crowded backfield to take away touches from him. So I'm I'm all in on Davis Price this season. I would love that. I've got a couple shares myself. I've always been high on him, so that would be outstanding. All right, the next topic we're going to get into, and we know we just finished up the, the 2021 rookie draft. We know all the dynasty owners out there, you've probably had your rookie drafts already. And of course... Right after that is all done, we're already seeing 2022 mock drafts, and I thought it would be interesting to pull the one that I grabbed off of the NFL Draft Bible and just to review the Devi prospects that are listed as 
first round picks because when you talk about hitting on a Debbie prospect, it's not just, you know, this guy turns in, you know, to the next Justin Jefferson, right? It could be this guy gets drafted in the first round and now I have immediate draft capital and his value either increases or at least stays where it was and I can I can now trade that asset for something that I that I want. So these guys are, are names to keep in mind. Some of these are going to be guys that, you know, doesn't surprise us whatsoever. Some of us, some some may be a little bit shocking, but let's go through the list. Uh, I'm not going to name the teams that drafted them because who knows what the draft order is going to be. But the 101 quarterback, Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma, not a huge surprise, right, Matt? No, not at all. I mean, he's he's set up to, to be the very, very front runner, very favorite front runner for the Heisman this year. I mean, He's getting back all the pieces on his offense. Um, there, there's no offense really outside of Sam Howell that was really competing with him um, much this year, and Howell lost, lost most of his weapons to, to the NFL draft. So, I mean, Spencer Rattler's got all the weapons. He had, doesn't really have much competition. I mean, the conference he's playing in, we all know, is notorious not for playing defense. So I just think he's going to put up just crazy, stupid stats this season on his way to – another Oklahoma quarterback Heisman and the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Yeah, I think that those are all reasonable expectations for Rattler. The next guy at 106, another quarterback, but a bit of a surprise, Malik Willis out of Liberty. Now, what I'm hearing, not only in in just our Debbie community that you know people are really starting to, to move Willis up their boards, but I'm hearing you know the chatter down at the NFL draft in Cleveland was that, you know, of course they're talking about future picks and his name was, was coming up in that he is a legitimate first round candidate. And you you start thinking about the, the quarterbacks that went this year. If a guy like Trey Lance out of North Dakota state can go one Oh three there, there's no reason why Malik Willis, who's, you know, absolutely that, that dual threat quarterback out of Liberty can't, can't be a high pick as well for a, for a team that's looking for that kind of dynamic playmaker under center. I mean, I, I can see it. I the more the more I watch Malik Willis, the more I get why the Devi community has been so high on him the last few weeks. I mean, when I first saw this buzz about Malik Willis, I went and watched some of his film, and I, I wasn't too crazy about him. Um, he, he's a running quarterback. Um, he, he he's he's a running quarterback in, in the mold of uh, what Lamar Jackson did a lot at Louisville when he was in college. Um, so I, I wasn't too terribly attractive in some of the highlights that I saw of what Malik Willis was doing, but the more you watch, I mean, he's got a better arm than Lamar Jackson did when he was in college at Louisville. And I mean, Lamar Jackson got into the first round, um, NFL draft capital. So I think, I, I think this isn't shocking. It's a little higher than I would put him. I'm not one Oh six crazy second quarterback off the board, you know, in, in love with Malik Willis. I mean, I think he's a good prospect. He's not the second best prospect in this class. I'm just that's flat out. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised too. But again, you know the the league the the NFL seems to be more open to this type of quarterback. You know, a, a quarterback that that looks just as good running the ball as they do throwing it. So you know, I think it's I think it's definitely possible. Okay, the next one at one dot one four, so the fourteenth pick. Wide receiver Aeneas Smith out of Texas A&M. This is not the name I expected to see from, you know, as far as the the first wide receiver off the board. That this is this is the first guy when I read this, I was 
absolutely shocked. I could not believe this when I saw this pick. And knowing now that it came from the NFL Draft Bible, I'm going to be a whole lot nicer than I was going to be when we got on this pod because <laughs> I had no idea who wrote this. So I was going to rip somebody a new one. Um, it's I, I'm struggling to see how Anaya Smith goes before guys like Traylon Burks or any of the two Ohio State receivers and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Like, I don't see it. I texted you this afternoon. Look, I'll put it out on the pod now. If Anaya Smith goes before any of those two wide receiver, uh, wide receivers from from Ohio State, I'll put on an Oklahoma State shirt and film myself on Twitter singing, or I'll, I'll put on a Michigan shirt, film myself singing the Michigan uh, fight song because I just I don't I don't see this happening. That's how confident I don't see this happening, and I freaking hate Mich- Michigan. So I mean, I don't I don't get it. Yes, the NFL loves speedy receivers. Speedy receivers tend to go as the first wide receiver off the board. So, I mean, I kind of get it. But, I mean, this has got to be one of the craziest picks I've seen in my entire life. And I've seen some crazy I've seen some crazy mocks in my lifetime. And this has got to be one of the craziest things I've seen in my entire life. I don't understand this. Well, you know, when you do it a year in advance, you're going to see stuff like this. But it will be interesting because I think what we should continue to do is revisit this with the best Debbie prospects just to see, you know, how do things move, who, you know, who moves up and down as far as that is concerned. The next guy, another quarterback, 116, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Another amazing surprise to me. I I don't I I, I don't see that happening. I just I mean, I I remember when I watch watch Kenny play, I think I mean, he's a solid quarterback and I think he's got some nice Nice characteristics, some nice traits, but you know, first round draft capital, that was that was a big surprise. I, I don't even know how else to say it. He's a jack. I don't <laughs> he's a jack to me. Like what made him look so good last year was Jordan Addison. It wasn't his quarterback play. So the fact that we're putting him above Sam Howell, yes, Sam Howell's gonna lose some weapons and he's not gonna have a statistically great season like he did the last two seasons. He's gonna fall off a little bit. That he's easily the best, the second best quarterback in this class, and you could make an argument that he's better than Spencer Rattler. I mean, Spencer Rattler has a tendency to get in air with his throws. To I mean, he he's got some stuff between the head that between his ears that you know you can argue that I want to take a safer bet in Sam Howell. So I mean, Sam Howell is closer to QB one than he is to QB three. So I don't know. I mean, this is the same thing with Anaya Smith. Like I don't know how you put. Kenny Pickett as the QB three in this class. Like I, it makes zero sense to me. And like it make when I first saw this and you're going to have to forgive. I would have to ask for some apologies from whoever dynasty, the, the draft Bible that wrote this because <laughs> I'm about to make an enemy here, but it, it makes me question if you're even watching college football at this point, if you put Kenny Pickett above Sam Howell, like I don't, I don't get how you can do that. And it doesn't make any sense to me. And Let's just move on before I make any more enemies. <laughs> I I think the the underlying message there is we we brought up Kenny Pickett and you talked more about Sam Howell. I think that's all people need to know, right? So there you go. Yeah. The next one, right after that, pick seventeen, wide receiver Chris Olave out of Ohio State. This one's not as much of a surprise. I really like Olave's game. The more I watch him, the more I love him. I just think I think this guy could definitely be a very good NFL wide receiver and I think I think he could fit into just about any offense so I'm not I'm not surprised to see him go this high 
what what do you think about you know where he ranks as far as you know not just first round draft capital but the the second wide receiver taken uh for me i love chris olave i mean you're looking at him and i mean he he was going to be my top of the second round Debbie wide receiver and in Debbie drafts this year i mean phenomenal route runner great hands the way he creates separation at the top of his routes i mean he was already one of the guys that I was targeting in every single drafts this year. And then he went back to college and my heart broke and I was excited at the same time. So that was, that was a weird mix of emotions that I felt, but I love Chris Olave. I think he could very much have the mold of Devonte Smith where Devonte Smith wasn't exactly getting, you know, first round wide receiver capital. And then he goes back for his senior season and tears college football apart. Now, now, will Chris Olave have that big of a st- statistical season? Probably not. That wide receiver room's loaded, and we're going to talk about that. But he could very much play him into a top half of the first round wide receiver and possibly wide receiver one or two off the board. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we, we do like Olave a lot. All right, at 21, we have our fourth and final quarterback, the aforementioned Sam Howell out of North Carolina. This was definitely the name that we expected to see second as far as quarterbacks, you know, maybe third, depending on where you like Willis. But uh, no no surprise here that Howell's in the first round. I'm a little surprised that he fell that far. I mean, I I guess when I think of Howell, I think of a, a better prospect than, than Mac Jones, you know, despite Mac Jones' phenomenal season of a year ago. But I think there will be enough quarterback needy teams at the top of the draft where he'll probably slip into the top 15. That would be my guess right now. Philadelphia is going to have a top 10 pick next year, just the way everything's looking. I mean, I don't, I don't think we come back with our cap structure and our cap situation. If we pass on Sam Howell and he's still there in the top 10 NFL draft next year, I'm going to throw a fit because Sam Howell is everything that you want in a quarterback. He has got one of the best deep balls in college football. He's accurate. He can extend plays. He's got great footwork. I mean, he's a, he's a smart guy, um, diagnoses the defense. He's a leader. And, you know, he showed how much of a leader he was when he, you know, brought Carolina back his freshman season into contention in the national championship one year removed. You know, they, they were two losses away from being in the college football playoffs. And that's, that's a direct impact from Sam Howell. Um, he's the QB2. And my board, and you can argue QB one. I've been drafting the QB one in some places, so he he is not QB. What is it four? And if he ends up slipping here, then somebody is going to get a massive, massive steal in the NFL draft. So it's interesting that you brought up Philadelphia. I mean, I, I purposely didn't put you know landing spot on the list, but I I do remember like where three of these guys went. The 106 was Philadelphia, and that was Malik Willis. So that <laughs> they had Philadelphia taking Malik Willis. So interesting that you brought him up with with Sam Howell. At 23, we've got our our third wide receiver, John Mechie, Alabama. So the first Alabama guy off the board. Of course, Alabama typically has a ton of first round draft picks on both sides of the ball. Uh, given the season he had a year ago, not a surprise. Um, I think. I've been maybe a little lower on Mechie than a lot of people, but it is really hard to argue with the production. And I think if you you watch you know more of his film, you realize that the guy can play, and and he puts up another season like he did last year. He's probably a lock for a first round pick. Easily, I've been leading the John Mechie train since the hype train since last season. 
I love John Mechie. I drafted him everywhere, every CDC league that I was in last year. I mean, I just I love what the kid does. Um, great deep ball threat, um, solid hands, and what he has this year that he doesn't have, that he didn't have that he, you know what he's not gonna have to deal with this year that he had to deal with last year was the presence of the Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle for the first four games. So I mean that that wide receiver room is you know, still loaded and still talented. I mean, we're, we're talking Jojo Earl. We're talking um, a guy E. Hall. Um, so, I mean, they've got some talent coming in, but John Mechie is the one that has his spot secured, and I, I think he's going to have a great season this year. I mean, first round, he's going to be another Alabama wide receiver in the first round uh, contention uh, conversation talk. Yeah, he, he would make number five in three years. Well, speaking of the... Matt Jackson hype train. The next pick at 24, the first and only tight end, Mechie's teammate, Jaleel Billingsley, tight end out of Alabama. You've been praising this kid for months, even going back a year. So if this happens, if he goes in the first round, like I said, that's a hit. That is a major, you know, slam dunk. I got the right guy because. I mean, that that would be huge to get a first-round tight end. You just don't see a lot of those very often. And I, I I would be surprised, to be honest with you, if any of the tight ends went in the first round. But, man, if he if he falls there, then for those of you that have invested in Billingsley, well done because you got, you got a first-round grade on a guy. Yeah, I love Billingsley. I'm, I've not been shy about that for about a year now. I mean, he, he's got phenomenal speed for a tight end. Um linebackers are going to be too slow to cover him. Quarterbacks are going to be too small to cover him. Um, got great hands. You know, a, a lot of people talk about, you know, these first round tight ends and, you know, compare them to, um, let's say, O.J. Howard from Alabama just, just a few years ago. Um, what he has that O.J. Howard doesn't have or what he has that, Eric, that um, even Evan Ingram um, doesn't have is a great set of hands. I mean, he doesn't really have drop issues. He runs great routes. Um, he's more of an inline tight end, but look, I don't have a problem with my tight ends not blocking. Like, I don't want you to be blocking if I have you on my fantasy team. Like, I want you out there running routes, catching passes, and that's what Jaleel Billingsley excels at. So, um, if he gets this first round grade, uh, I'm I'm doing victory laps around my house because I I invested in him heavily um the last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, if he goes in the second round, that that's a victory lap. I mean, that that's a that's great draft capital for a tight end. So, this is this will be interesting to see if that that plays out. Okay, we got two more guys left, both wide receivers, and both are guys that we love. So, not surprised here. Just surprised they fell a little bit later. Uh, at twenty seven, wide receiver Traylon Burks, Arkansas. Traylon Burks is my number one uh, Devi wide receiver. I just think he's got the the size, the athleticism, the go get it mentality. He he doesn't go down easy after the catch. He's got huge hands. I, I just think he's got all the characteristics of an alpha wide receiver in the NFL. I love Traylon Burks. I just finished up writing an article that'll release here in the next few days about Traylon Burks. The more film you watch, <clears throat> I mean, you've got to love this kid. Um, his, his toughness, I mean, when he's, even when he's blocking, he's going out and looking to make contact with somebody. So, I mean, that speaks directly to his effort level. He, he's got a phenomenal catch radius. Um, the way he, he bends and adjusts his body to throws. I mean, he's coming up with catches that you just don't expect guys, um, to, to normally come up with. He, he 
was one of the best in, in football last year with a 77% catch rate on his throws. Um, his hands, he's got huge hands, you hit on this. His hands last season would have been the sixth largest hands in the NFL. So, I mean, that that's that doesn't hurt. You know, a lot of these guys want to talk about hand size. He's got great hands. So, I mean, if you like that, you're going to like Traylon Burks. I mean, he's got the speed to take a top off the defense. He's got the size that you like in an alpha wide receiver. You know, you don't see many alpha wide receivers in the NFL anymore, and he's definitely in that mold. So, a lot to like about this kid. I'm surprised he fell this late, but somebody's getting another steal at 27 if, the, if he goes this late. Yes, absolutely. So we go from my guy, Burks, to your guy with the 32nd pick, Garrett Wilson out of The Ohio State University. I, I know how much you like Wilson, so I'm going to let you let you go off. But this this is a, a great a great pick, I mean, to, to get the end of the first round. By the way, this is the, the third one that I happen to remember. It was the Kansas City Chiefs, so people would absolutely go ballistic if – <laughs> they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. If Garrett Wilson goes to the Kansas City Chiefs at the last pick of this draft, then he's immediate. I don't care who you like; he's the wide receiver one in next year's college draft, and that, that's 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 said and done. He's getting the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire treatment. <laughs> um, he would. the The problem there is that until Kelsey and Hill aren't aren't around, he, he he's not even the, the he's as good as the third option on the team, which people will look. Will look forget, if, if but, Sammy if Sammy Watkins can go off a few weeks on that loaded roster, then I have no doubt in my mind Garrett Wilson can do it because he's a he, he, much he typically went off one week. Week one. <laughs> Sammy's always a week he's one like, stud. He's like the best he's he's the best he's the best guy to have the first week. Like if you got Sammy Watkins on your roster, just start him week one. <laughs> there you go. Then trade him. <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, yeah, we're I gonna love get... Garrett Wilson. Phenomenal, phenomenal guy. I mean dra- draft him everywhere. He is. We've talked yeah, about and before. we're going to talk about him more as we get into the Big Ten East here. We've got three teams to cover, and by three teams, I mean two, and by two, I really mean one, because it's going to be pretty much the rest of this podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes, your Buckeyes. Key losses, of course, Justin Fields, first round going to the Bears, and running back Trey Sermon going to the 49ers. So a couple of holes to fill from a Debbie perspective We've got two quarterbacks that are looking to fill that role vacated by Fields. C.J. Stroud, who is 2023 eligible, and then incoming freshman Kyle McCord. Both of these guys are guys that should be on Debbie radars, regardless of which one actually plays, in my opinion. All the reports are telling us that it's C.J. Stroud is, is going to be the starter this year. Would you agree with that? And where do you have him ranked amongst the quarterbacks? I think C.J. Stroud is the guy that's going to be the starter this year. Um, he came in in relief duty for Justin Fields when he got hurt last year. He's got the experience, and, I mean, he's got the rating. He's He was um, the Elite 11 MVP. Um, so, I mean, he's got the, the skills, the arm talent to to come in and lead that team. Um, he's not the guy that I want on my roster, though. Um, honestly, it's Kyle McCord. Um, Kyle McCord has a much prettier deep ball. He's more accurate. And he showed that um, in just some of his throws in the Ohio State spring game um, a few weeks ago. I mean, that that offense, I think, just would would click more with Kyle McCord. He's the higher-rated quarterback. Um, I think that C.J. Stroud ends up starting the year. I'm not quite sure if he ends up finishing the year. Because, I mean, if it's me, I'm making the decisions. I'm putting Kyle McCord in there because I think he gives you – the best chance to, to lead to a national championship with the arm talent that he has. Interesting, interesting. I was wondering 
you know, could this be one of those situations like Alabama had where they had Tua Tungaviola and Mac Jones and nobody was really thinking anything about Mac Jones. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes in for the injured Tua. It takes over last season. Now he's a first round pick. It could be one of those deals where they're both going to end up being high NFL draft picks if, if they play well enough. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I have heard from others that they feel kind of the same way you do in that that Stroud's going to be the starter, but McCord might be the guy that, that ends up being the better quarterback, the better NFL prospect. You own both of these guys, but I, if I'm investing in somebody, it's Kyle McCord. Yeah, and maybe if you have Stroud and he does play well, maybe that's a chance to move him to, to get somebody else that you that you like better. You know, take advantage of the fact that he's going to put up good numbers in this offense with all this ridiculous talent around him, and, and you can get a, a pretty high value for that guy, especially, of course, in a, in a super flex league. At running back, we talked about, you know, Sermon already, already is gone, so we've got vacated targets or vacated uh, touches there. Uh, three guys we want to bring up. One is 2022 eligible. We're a little surprised he came back, Master Teague. And then we've got incoming freshman, two guys, Travion Henderson, very highly rated, many people's number one incoming freshman running back, and Evan Pryor, who it seems like nobody's talking about, but also highly rated. Where do you have these guys in your your running back rankings? I mean, do we care at all about Teague, or is it all about Henderson? For me, it's all about Henderson. I've got Travion Henderson in the top, the the like the top half, if not 201, 202 in my Debbie rankings right now. I am all in on this kid. Master Teague is not somebody that interests me in the slightest. I mean, he's he's a big he's a big body guy that runs straight up the middle, doesn't really create much after contact. Doesn't have great lateral agility. He was a guy filling the, the hole left by J.K. Dobbins. And he did it for a little bit. He, he was not J.K. Dobbins. I think Travion Henderson brings that sort of running back back to the Ohio State Buc- Buckeyes that we were looking for. I mean, a guy that has great lateral agility, has the home run speed, great vision and patience behind the line, and is a phenomenal pass catcher. And that, that, that's adding something to a roster that we've missed for a year, and that's a running back that can, that can catch passes. I mean, his, his 247 comp, for crying out loud, is Christian McCaffrey. So sign me up all day for Travion Henderson. He's one of those guys that you watch his film, and you just keep rewatching and keep rewatching because, I mean, he's a phenomenal back. He, he might be the best back that we've had on that roster since Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I don't think that's a that's an outrageous statement to say. I mean, he he is he is the real deal, or at least looks like the real deal, you know, based on the the high school film. And the the real negative in, in Debbie leagues is that you know, a he hasn't he hasn't played it down yet, and b you're waiting three years minimum to to get him onto your roster, so you got to hold on to him for a while. But these top rated running backs, you know, the the one thing you know, once you're in you know a little bit deeper into your Debbie leagues. You, you you have to start digging deep and trying to hit the home run on these guys, you know, while they're incoming freshmen. But the running backs, if they play well, their value is going to do nothing but improve. I mean, it's not going to go down, and it's not even going to stay flat. It's gonna it's gonna continue to just increase as as your you know the, their eligibility gets closer and closer. You know, guys, last year, you know, you're taking Bijan Robinson, you're taking your guy, you know, Tank Bigsby, you know, Jameer Gibbs. All those guys are more valuable now than they were a year ago, which is why you take a shot at Travion Henderson. That's exactly the point that I was going to bring up. You've got to get these guys now because 
hey, good luck getting Bijan Robinson now, because in most leagues he's the one hundred one Devy pick coming off the draft. I mean, his value can't get any higher right now, and whatever price you had to pay for him last year, it's shot up exponentially now. I mean, so you've got to you've got to take shots on these guys early because you're not going to be able to get guys like this without paying a price later. I mean, B. John Robinson, Tank Bigsby, Jameer Gibbs, even Zach Evans. Zach Evans didn't even play that much, and he's still coming off in the second round of Debbie drafts. So you've got to invest in these guys early. You're not going to get them later. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the wide receiver room, which is as crowded a wide receiver room as we are going to talk about throughout this entire series of going through all the conferences. And it's crowded because... Chris Olave did not turn pro, much to our dismay, but we talked about him earlier. Chris Olave's back. Garrett Wilson, uh, first year of eligibility is 2022. We're expecting him to go pro. And then we've got two guys from last year's class, Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith-Jigba, both extremely highly rated. Of course, I've been a huge JSN fan. Let's talk about these four guys first before we get into the incoming freshmen. Are, Are all of these guys still... Devy worthy for you? I mean, are, are you are you taking them even in leagues where that's not super deep? I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, my answer is an absolute yes. I, I still love all four because I think Ohio State could be that good of a of a team to, to push out wide receivers in the NFL. But where are you at with these guys? So I'm going to say yes to a certain extent. Um, all of these guys are on Devy rosters. I mean, mo- most, of, most of the leagues that you're playing in, Every wide receiver that Ohio State has, minus one or two, is on a Debbie roster. I mean, that you're talking about an embarrassment of riches. That's what Ohio State is. Um, for me, if you're looking at shallower leagues, there's only three guys here that I'm taking in a shallow Debbie league, and I'm going to explain why. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are automatically going to be on my Debbie roster. Chris Olave is one of the best route runners in the upcoming class, and Garrett Wilson has that just alpha, go up and get the ball, contested catch mentality, and I love that. Um, he's he's going to be a first-round wide receiver. I think they both are. Um, I, I also want a little bit of Jackson Smith and Jigba. He showed me enough last year um, with, with the limited play he got. I mean, one of the first plays that we saw was that toe-tap NFL-level catch in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, great body control, um, great route runner. Um, he, he's somebody that I want on my roster. A lot of people are going to tell you to roster Julian Fleming. I, I'm i going to be in the minority and tell you that I don't think he's worth a roster spot right now. Yes, he was a five-star recruit last year. Yes, he looked better near the end of the season once he started figuring out how to run better routes. Um, he, he started to come on late and, and, and show some of that five-star um, potential that he, that he was given by 247. However, when you look at some of the incoming freshmen that we're going to talk about this year, I'm not entirely convinced Julian Fleming plays this year. And I'm not investing the kind of capital you have to invest right now in Julian Fleming on a guy that I'm not even sure is going to play because of some of the guys that have, that have balled out in spring practice this year. Yeah, I've got Fleming in at least one league, maybe two, you know, both campus to Canton leagues. And I'm a little concerned. Um, I, I, I would love to see him, you know, show some of that production that, you know, his high rating would warrant. And if he does that, I might be looking to, to move him, see if I can't get some, some value back. But I think those are fair assessments. I, you, everyone knows my love for Jackson Smith Jigba. I mean, I just I just think that guy is the real deal, and all he needs is, is the opportunity. And I agree with you that Olave and Wilson are both in my top five, so those, those guys are must-haves. 
Now we get into the incoming class. Again, more extremely highly talented players. Emeka Igbuga, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Jaden Ballard. Jaden Ballard's probably the, the lesser name of the two, of the three for sure. Ekbuka is the you know one of the top, if not the top, wide receiver prospects, you know, coming into this year. But the name that people are talking about after that spring game is Marvin Harrison Jr. Is has is he the guy to own out of this class? He might be. I mean, he put on a phenomenal performance in their spring game. And there's not a guy after spring practices stock that's risen more than Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, He's going in just about every deeper Debbie league that I'm playing in, and rightfully so. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be um, one of the next great Ohio State wide receivers, so I get it. I'm I'm still liking Amika Agbuka. I mean, five-star recruit, the number one receiver in his class this year. And he's done nothing to show that he's not that number one wide receiver. I mean, he he had just as good of a spring game as Marvin Harrison did. He he is a more progressed wide receiver at this point in his career than Julian Fleming was at this point. And that that's why I'm telling you that I don't think Julian Fleming is going to be a guy that that plays this year much because Egbuka already outshined. Um, what he was doing at this point. Yes, yes, Julian Fleming was injured during the spring game. He didn't play. But Egbuka looked really, really solid. He looked like a, a quarterback security blanket. And between him and Marvin Harrison Jr., and then you're already starting Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, I mean, unless you're rolling out there and rolling five wide receiver sets every single play, Julian Fleming is the one that's SOL, to, to be frank. I mean, I just I don't, I don't see it happening. So, I mean, some... There's only so many balls that go around, and I think Julian Fleming is going to be the loser here. Yeah, that that could be possible. And you know, and I the, the last guy I mentioned, Jaden Ballard. I mean, let's not forget about him. Six two, one seventy five. You know, four star recruit. He was the wide receiver four in the in the two two forty seven rankings. I mean, verified four six. And my my analysis of him is he looks faster than what that timed speed is. I mean, he he's got a fairly decent route tree. Shows some quick cuts. But, but I think he could get better there. He does use his hands really well. He high points the ball, and he will win those contested catches. So, you know, I, I, there, obviously he's got talent, and it's just, you know, it's a, it's a numbers game at wide receiver in Ohio State. I mean, we, we said it last year. Somebody's got to transfer. Something has to happen. You, you can't have all this talent. I mean, these guys are going to want to play. And one of those guys is in the next group that we're going to talk about when we get to tight end, and that's – you know, Jeremy Ruckert, uh, 2022 eligible, a guy that I'm actually pretty high on. I really like Ruckert. I just just think he doesn't get thrown the ball a lot because of, again, all those wide receivers. But the one I want to talk about is G. Scott Jr., a, a wide receiver that has transferred uh, switch positions to tight end, which is interesting because I remember when we talked about him last year, the thing that stood out with this guy is how tough of a runner he was when he had the ball in his hands. And, I mean, he didn't just stiff arm guys like a running back. He... He stiffed arm guys, you know, like like a weapon. I mean, he was just aggressive, and that tells me he's got the physicality. But you know, six two and a half, six three at most. You know, even if he's playing at two ten, two fifteen. I don't know where he's at, but he's got to get you know a lot bigger than than two ten to to play tight end. So. I think that's one of the more interesting things to watch at Ohio State, and and how does that work out for him? And then, 
And then the third tight end, probably not a Debbie guy, but Joe, Joe Royer is another name I threw on the list. So any of these tight ends excite you at all? G. Scott Jr. is one that excites me <clears throat> just from a position change. I mean, he already had the size, the route running ability, and the catch strength, um, physicality through the catch. So if he can translate that, put on a little more weight, he's going to be um, one of these tight ends that you watch out for that could go out and just catch a ton of passes. Jeremy Ruckert, I mean, is still the guy to own. I mean, he showed that late in the playoff run last year. He became Justin Fields' security blanket deep into the playoffs. So, I mean, I think Jeremy Ruckert is, is a guy that's interesting. He, he's in that top three, top four maybe of tight ends in the next year's class, in a weaker class, um, that they could go out and get some get some interesting draft capital. Yeah, yeah, I you know I mentioned that I like Ruckert. He's a big guy, you know, 6'5", 253. I mean, good size. You know, runs a, a verified four seven six, and that's you know back in in high school. So that's good speed for a tight end. He was the the number one rated you know coming out when he did you know five star, and and he, I thought he showed a lot in the playoffs. And again, there's just not a lot of a lot of balls to go around there. So it's not a surprise that. You know that he doesn't have huge production, but I think he has the the skill and the talent that we're looking for. So that that's why I'm high on Ruckert. Again, it's a tight end. It's Devi, so be careful. I mean, you, you you're not gonna you're not gonna hit often. So I, I'm I'm saying that with caution, but just want to throw that out there. Well, hey, we finally are done with Ohio State. I think it's time to take that. Big deep breath and relax a little because the rest of our show probably won't take long. Let's get into Penn State. Uh, the big key loss there, speaking of tight ends, Pat Fryermuth going to the Steelers in, in round two. So is there anybody at at quarterback at all for Penn State that you know, you're shaking your head no? So we're going to skip right over that. That's fine with me. We can move right along. Running backs, they have a history of running the ball well and – I got to feel like someone is going to step up and be the guy. We've got two guys that are eligible next year, Devin Ford and Noah Kane. And then we've got two guys from the freshman class a year ago, Kevon Lee and Keziah Holmes. Where do you have these guys ranked as far as which, which one of these guys is the, is the Debbie prospect that you want on your roster? Well, before we go any further, I mean, we talked about key losses and I feel like this is a perfect time to just throw in. I'm still, I'm still a little hurt about that journey Brown news. Wish him the best, but I mean that that's left this running back room and a little bit of shambles, if you ask me. I mean Noah Kane is definitely the one to probably own. Um, he he came he finished in 2019 um, without Journey Brown with 102 yards. Um, so I mean he he showed the potential in 2019 to to fill in for Journey Brown and be that next great Penn State running back, a la Saquon Barkley, a la Journey Brown, uh, Miles Sanders, and, you know just that, that next great running back that Penn State produces, but then he got hurt in 2020. And what we were given in Devin Ford, Kavion Lee, and Kasiah Holmes was not great running back production. I mean, you you could turn on a game and just see that these got that Penn State was transitioning to be more of to to go from a a running running the ball down your throat powerhouse to they were airing the ball out and they were looking pretty good doing it um, with with two guys we're going to talk about later, but. Noah Kane is definitely the guy to own. Devin Ford is somebody that's at least semi-interesting to me. 
I mean, in his class, he was a four-star, the number five running back in his class. He's got he had decent size. He could stand to bulk up a little bit, but he had great top end speed from what I've watched. Um, he he's a really physical running back when he's running the ball, hard to bring down. Got a really really good um, stiff arm and just power through tackles. Um, so he's interesting. He's he's a guy that I've invested in late in C two C leagues to try and just maybe hit on a Penn State running back. Um, but but I think Kev, that Noah Kane is the guy to own. Kasai Hones and Kevion Lee are just jags to me, and they showed that pr- pretty much all last season. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think Noah Kane is is well. I know Noah Kane is is my top guy out of these four, but I'm not all that excited about him either. So. You know, it's weird to not be excited about a Penn State running back, but you mentioned something that really transitions nicely into the next group at wide receiver in that Penn State's really starting to throw the ball more, and they're being productive doing it. So the, the first name on the list, 2022 eligible, is Jahan Dotson. This name is moving up people's rankings. There are a lot of people out there that like Dotson. Where do you have him as far as wide receivers? I mean, he feels like he is definitely Debbie-worthy. I had him sitting on every single CDC roster that I that I drafted this offseason. That's where I've got him. I've shown I've shown you some of my rosters, and I have Jahan Dotson everywhere. I love this kid. I mean, the just the the spectacular catchability. I mean, I think we all have seen Jahan Dotson's turning towards the sideline, snagging the ball with one hand out of midair on his ro- on his way to a touchdown. I mean, and that's what this kid did consistently. I mean, they go up and get the ball. The same way that that I like Garrett Wilson doing it, Jahan Dotson does that. He he goes up and gets the ball. He makes these contested catches, these spectacular catches. And what he does that Garrett Wilson hasn't quite shown the ability to do yet is the ability to run past you on defense. I mean, he can take the top off the defense. He's used in the return game. He's got phenomenal speed. Um, I think he's the guy to own um, in, the, in this wide receiver core. A lot of guys like Parker Washington a little bit better. But when you look at their ADP, um, Jahan Dotson is definitely the guy to own for me. I mean, you look at Jahan Dotson right now. He's going uh, at – sorry, I'm trying to pull it up. I have my notes up ready right now. He's going at the 84th overall pick, Jahan Dotson is. And, and Parker Washington is going at 61 overall. So there's a 23-spot difference. And in my opinion, Jahan Dotson is the better wide receiver. Now, when you watch the film, they do a lot of the same similar things. I mean, they both have that go up and get the ball mentality. Jahan Dotson is just a faster wide receiver. So I like speed on my team. We've discussed that. I'm the speed guy. You're the big body guy. And that's why we have a difference in wide receiver opinions. But I I love Jahan Dotson. I'm all in on him. Yeah, he really had a a breakout season, you know, last year in his junior year at Penn State, you know, in just nine games, because it's a shortened season, you know, 52 catches, 884 yards, eight touchdowns. So he averaged 17 yards per catch. The year before, he averaged over eight, just over 18 yards with five touchdowns. So two years in a row, he's proven he can make those big plays that you were talking about. Also, like you said, he returned eight kicks for almost 200 yards and returned one for a touchdown. So there's that big play ability that you referenced. And I can see why, why Jahan Dotson is starting to move up people's ranks. Of course, Parker Washington was a freshman last year, 36 catches, almost 500 yards and six touchdowns. So, you know, that that's probably why people are taking him sooner because he's two years younger and he's already starting to produce. People get excited about that. Um, 
not necessarily the the big play guy, right? I mean, averaged under 14 yards per catch, but definitely showed that he's got got the ability to be a part of the offense. So two names to watch there at wide receiver for sure. And the the third guy is an incoming freshman, Lonnie White Jr., who is fairly highly rated if my memory serves. I'm trying to bring him up here. Yep, four stars, wide receiver 10. So, you know, top 10 guy and a big frame. I mean, you know, 6'2", 210. So, you know, like you said, I'm a size guy. I like that. I, I think he, he has an, the nice ability to, to cut, you know, with quick acceleration to get yak. He's he's good on the sidelines, wins contested catches. However, if, if also my memory serves, I believe I've heard that this kid's a baseball player and a very good baseball player. And... The, the fear there is that he's not going to play football at all, and that's enough, honestly, to, to keep me away in, in a Devi league. In a, in a C2C league, sure, you, you spend a late-round pick. Who cares, right? But, man, in Devi, I don't, I don't want a guy that, unless I know he's going to go at least try to go to the NFL. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the same conversation you had with um, Kyler Murray. I mean, that panned out better for Kyler Murray um, in the end. But, I mean, you're looking at a team. This is a, Lonnie White's a guy that you wait and see on. I mean, you've already got – Two phenomenal pass catchers on this roster. If anything's going to limit this team in the passing game, it's their quarterback, Sean Clifford. I mean, I just don't think he has the arm talent to keep up with what he has running along the sidelines. Um, so that that's why I'm, I'm partially out on Lonnie White, just because, I mean, you're talking about there's only so many balls that can go around, and Sean Clifford's not the best, pa- the best passer in the league. So, I mean, these balls are going to go to Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. I'm waiting on Lonnie White. Yep, I think that's great advice. And the last guy is tight end Theo Johnson. He was a freshman last season. Theo Johnson was one of those guys that people were a little bit excited about because of his athleticism. He was the third-ranked tight end coming in, a 4'6", so he's got speed. Um, big kid, 6'5", 231. That's coming out of high school, not now. I mean, he's I can look him up now really quick. Yeah, he's up, he's up to 251, about 6'6", 251, so... He has all the size, you know, that you want at the position. It's just a matter of, of will it come together for, for Theo Johnson. Again, Devi tight end. I, I, I'm going to caution people on that. But, you know, in a deep league, you know, especially in a C2C, you're going to take a stab at him. But, yeah, I, I think until then, you, it's a wait-and-see approach with Theo Johnson. Would, would you agree? Yeah, and what he has it has working against him that not a lot of guys have to. You got to remember this kid was coming from the Canadian Football League. You know, he's playing he was playing high school football in Canada. So, I mean, the the learning curve is much steeper when you're getting into Big 10 football. Um he he had some areas that he needed to grow in. Um he was just kind of a burner. He was going to beat you down the speed running a lot of go routes. Didn't really have much route running ability. Um so he he had to grow and he had to mature a little bit. Uh, he's on a great team. Um, Penn State knows how to kick out a tight end. So, you know, hopefully he's growing a little bit, but he's not a guy that I'm that I'm investing too, too heavily in. I've got a few shares, but that's only because uh, of his perceived potential, not, not much of what I think that he's done so far. Yes, exactly. All right, and then the, the last team is Rutgers, and when you're looking for Debbie guys on Rutgers, it's, it's much like the – the Ferris Bueller movie, Bueller, Bueller, Fry. Yeah, there's nobody. That's it. Nobody there. So we are done with the Big Ten East. Get to move right into the Big Ten West uh, the next time we record, hopefully next week. So 
that is it for the for the show. We got this one wrapped up. It, it, man, it was great talking to you again, Matt. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and your work? So you guys can find me on Twitter at DeviMatt. Um, I, I do my rankings over at Dynasty Nerds, kicking out an article here I talked about on Traylon Burks should be dropping in the next few days. Um, we're working with the, I'm working with some of the analytics guys over at the nerds team. Uh, we're kicking out some, a projections model. I've been inputting data over the last few days for a projections model that we have coming out here soon. And I've got, you know, I've got another article series dropping here, a preview of the big 10. So if you didn't get enough big 10 talk here over the last few podcasts we had, if you're, if you are a read the book kind of guy, instead of a, see the movie, I will have that article here dropping soon. Um, find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt and, Always, as always, love to interact with you guys. Tag me, tag me in trades. Send me DMs. DMs are always open. Love to talk football with you guys. And I'm going to give a little bit of, not a warning, that's the wrong word. I don't know what the right word is, but I'm just going to say it right now. For those of you that go out and read the Big Ten preview that, that Matt's putting together and you listen to our Big Ten podcasts and you come back and you say that the book is better than the movie, I'm I'm going to just shake my head and... and swear at you inside oh nothing worse than people that you, you tell them how great a movie is and the first thing they say is the book's better yeah I, i'm not talking about the book i'm talking about the movie i don't care about the book look i know i know who's writing it so there's no there's zero chance that this book's gonna be better than the movie was because it doesn't have you in it <laughs> oh god i just every time every time people they love to do it yes i'll read the book i, I get it you can develop characters more i just I just enjoyed the movie. That's all I want to say. Anyway, moving on. I am at Skip Newton 31 on the Twitter machine. I am a Debbie team writer covering the ACC for NFLDraftBible.com, which is on Sports Illustrated. Debbie, Dynasty, NFL Draft, everything's going on. We're just kicking out tons of articles. I put out, put out my Debbie Top 10 a couple weeks ago, and we'll be working on more articles coming up. Dynasty rankings are out there. We're updating them all the time. And Devi rankings are about to be published. And man, I tell you, ranking the top 200 Devi players, that is work. I, I did work, not man. imagine how hard that was going to be. The Dynasty rankings were so much easier. That was, it was a struggle. And, and the struggle was real. And that- it's. Once you get past like a hundred, man, you're ranking guys that we haven't seen much. It's like, is this guy one hundred one or is he one thirty? I've got no idea. Oh, <laughs> right, and then you know, and, and we've got three other guys doing it, and, and so you can see their rankings too. And it's like, okay, wait a minute, this guy's like super high on this kid. Maybe I got to look at him again. And, and you know, I just, I'll just find myself, you know, double, double guessing, you know, double, second guessing myself all the time. And it's like, nope, just. Get your rankings, get them out, and then I can I can tweak them now because tweaking them going forward is going to be a lot easier. So I'm kind of excited for that to be published and to see if that generates any discussion on Twitter because I, I love talking about that stuff. And you know, if people come at me, I'm too low or too high on a guy, we can have that conversation. It's a lot of fun. Of course, we are part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team, a podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Tim Keller, Doug Eddy, and Tyler Gunther. They record every Sunday. And then Randall Memphis Young, when he's available, hosts the DHH Contractor where he goes over your dynasty roster and tries to help you finish out your roadmap to success. All right, that is it. That is it for us. Just wanted to say thank you. Uh, we love the the fact that all of you guys listen. We love the feedback. If there's anything that you want to have us cover in the future, you, please reach out. Let us know. Any good trades? We love to talk trades. So we'll analyze that trade right here on the podcast. So Until then, everyone have a good night and be a good human.